Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Aridale Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always. If you keep a track at home, episode 78 coming at you. Still supporting the offensive line because, boy, that's just what we do here on the podcast. We love the O-line. Love the guys up front. We've got a special episode for you. A lot going on in the sports world, especially the NFL. We'll touch on that and everything else. Episode 78, I'm going to take Leon Lett now. I'm sure you're sitting there saying who exactly, uh, although I leave that to Saints fans. That's the who dat, who dat chant. Um, but Leon Lett was a former Cowboy who infamously in the Super Bowl against the Bills was running back a scoopman score for a touchdown and was caught from behind, fumbled the ball out of the end zone, gave it back to Buffalo on what was one of the bigger bonehead plays we've ever seen in NFL history. So anytime I get to put a Cowboy on blast for a bonehead play, Jolan knows I'm going to do it. Here in the studio with my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, what's up, dude? Let's keep it with the Bills. I'm going to go with Bruce Smith right here. Obviously, 78, legendary. They retired it. Uh, he played with the Bills and the Washington Redskins, now known as the Washington Commanders. 11-time Pro Bowl, two all-decade teams. He is the um, single or, yeah, he's the sole owner of the sack record in the NFL. For for a career, yeah, absolutely. Jolan, it's good to be back, man, after, after Christmas, after New Year's. We got I was a little sick last week, so... I appreciate everybody hanging in there with us. Uh, we're back this week. We've got a special guest in the studio, uh, our good friend, our Jet um, extraordinaire, uh, Robbie Myers in the studio. Robbie, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? Good to be back. Um, been a little while, but excited to get back on, talk sports, and especially the Jets. Yeah, here we go. Joel's, let's uh, let's kick it off, man. Oh, Lord, the Jets. Um, I'm going to hold you to it. We're not going to get into the Jets just yet, but we still have a packed show. Let's start with Monday night. We have some very sad news. Um, DeMar Hamlin, he had went down. Goose, what happened Monday night here? Yeah, so DeMar Hamlin tackled T. Higgins on a, on a what looked like a standard football play, a very simple play, uh, stood right up, and then collapsed to the ground, whipped his head, and uh, actually, Jolan stopped breathing on the field, and Hamlin needed uh, over nine minutes of CPR on the field, ambulance out there, teammates wrapped around him, Play obviously stopped. Uh, a lot of confusion going on as to what was happening. We didn't know whether he was going to make it or not. Joel's has been very. I, I was telling you on the car ride here. I'm so happy that we have new news today, because it was just such a somber week. You know, going through the week, not knowing the health of this guy, whether he was going to make it, whether he wasn't. Very very somber news. And while he's got a long way to go, Joel, on we recently found out earlier in the day, uh, he did open his eyes. Last night he did. He has become responsive via writing. Um, it does seem like his functionality is there. He is able to grip the hands of his loved ones that are around. Uh, so obviously, great news. Obviously, the game did not get played. I think it's pretty. Uh, it's that's standard right there. And you know, Demar Hamlin's health was priority number one. And Jolan, I think maybe the biggest thing was his GoFundMe. His GoFundMe jumped from a couple, uh, it was like a couple hundred thousand, I think. The initial goal was 2,500. Jumped to over 7 million in, what, three days? I mean, that's unbelievable. Great job. The people of Cincinnati were unbelievable. Obviously, Hamlin and his family are still in our thoughts and prayers, uh, obviously, as they continue to go here. So, a couple of days now, we've had time to digest this. Do you think it was the right call to stop that game Monday in light of what happened? 100%, Jules, and, and and we talked about this, and, you know, Robbie could talk about a, a little bit about it too. Listen, we're not Ryan Clark. We didn't play in the NFL. We didn't play in an NFL locker room. None of us have been reporters in those locker rooms. But we all played the game of football. We all know what that brotherhood is like, and 
uh, imagine, you know, how close you are to those guys. Sometimes you see those guys, and especially as you start getting into August and into the season, you sometimes see those guys more than you see your own family members. And so you're, you're as tight to those guys as, as anyone in the world. And when somebody goes down like that, they, you don't just pick up the ball and start playing again. You don't just start warming up. Uh, it takes a lot. It's it, it's a lot emotionally uh, as a team, I would imagine. It's it, it's just a situation nobody's prepared for, right? And like we said, it was it was a pretty – it's just a routine play. You know, it wasn't – there was no lowering of the helmets or anything like that. Uh, as Bart Scott tried to induce on ESPN this week, there was no lowering of the helmets. It was just a standard play, and this was the result. So – um, it's kind of crazy what these guys are willing to do, Joel. There's a movie out there. It's called When the Game Stands Tall. It's about this school out in uh, California, De La Salle. Big powerhouse school, won 151 games in a row. The net, Coming into the next year, the head coach suffers a heart attack. And they lose their first two games. And when they go into their third game, they get up in a team meeting. And these guys are starting to, to speak out. You know, what they want to see from the team. What they've been thinking. The pressure they're under. And the one kid stands up and he says, I would literally die for you boys. And coach was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, timeout, like back up, like, hey, like at the heart of this thing, it's still a game, you know, and um, it just makes you think, man, like these guys are willing to put their lives on the line each and every day. So, um, yeah, Robbie, I, you, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just uh, super unfortunate, crazy um, play, you know, and you feel for a guy, especially like T. Higgins, again, making a football play, and you don't really think about it from the other side, right? Obviously, you know, prayers out to Hamlin and, and thinking about him and his family, but guy like T. Higgins lowers his shoulder, and I'm sure, again, you know, he stands up, not really sure what's going on, and I'm sure he's got a lot of thoughts going through his mind. Um, just like you said, you know, it, it was a routine play, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're nailing next to your teammate, they're doing CPR. It's just things you don't ever imagine that you'll see playing the game of football. And, you know, sometimes you say you, you know what you sign up for, um, but, again, I don't think that's one of those things that when you go into a game you're going to expect to see. So just a really, really terrible thing. Um, glad how the coaches came together, how they handled it. Um, you know, I couldn't believe it really took that long for them to cancel the game. I don't think you can go back out after seeing uh, a teammate, um, a guy that you've bonded with, who you've grinded with throughout how many weeks and how many seasons, and all of a sudden you see him laying there. And I just don't think it was fair to the players to try to make him wait that long. And, you know, even even heading into these next couple of weeks, even though he's up and he's awake and he's communicating a little bit through writing, it's it still affects how you're going to operate, not seeing him in the locker room, thinking about him in – the hospital or whatever the next steps are. So, um, you know, this isn't just a, you know, hey, he's back up, let's, let's roll. I think there's going to be uh, a little bit of a cloud over the Bills facility, and rightfully so. So um, be interesting to see how they progress. But, again, really glad to see that he's up, he's he's awake, he's alert, he's moving. Um, and, again, hopefully it's a, it's a good recovery process moving forward. Yeah, and we're not used to it, right? We're used to even the spinal injuries. The guys give us the thumbs up as they're going off the field and stuff like that. So, this was a little bit different. We didn't know his status um, as he was leaving that field. And, you know, you're right. You can't put those guys back out there. Um, you know, and again, the whole decision thing, I, I think the NFL is buying themselves time uh, with the five-minute thing. I really do. I think they didn't really know what to do. So they they put out a five-minute thing there to then get the proper communications. Um, and I actually think the game was probably called a half hour before it got out to the public um, because it's got to get to a bunch of channels down from there. So, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, you know, if you're Troy Vincent, you're Roger Goodell, like this, you know, it's never happened before, you know, in 71, they had a player die on the field, but that's 50 years ago. 
nobody that's involved in the league was there back then. A uh, special shout out to the medical people. Saved his life, literally. Um, Athletic arch, trainers everywhere. Stop. They use CPR. Um, defibrillators did what they had to do. Yeah, go hug your athletic trainer, man. I tell yeah. you, they, they're there for you. They're, it's their, it's their worst nightmare. It like th- that moment in time is their worst nightmare. And I was talking to a friend that's an athletic trainer, and they told me it's what he suffered. They said was a, a comedo cordis, and comedo cordis is something that athletic trainers get taught one time because it's the rarest of rare, and it usually only happens in hockey. Or bat or uh, baseball or softball, Lacrosse. you know, with balls that you know hit the chest on the right spot. It, they they've never seen it really in football, so this was kind of brand new for everybody. And you're right, Joel's the medical staff that was on site. I mean, literally saved the guy's life. I mean, without them, he doesn't. He's not up. He's not writing today. And you know, again, we hope him a continued recovery here. Uh, obviously, the fight doesn't stop. And Robbie's right. Like that, that locker room's tough, man. You know, and and you got a lot of guys around the league that had spent time with him gone to school with him, coached with him, uh, or coached him, I should say. So it, it affects a lot of people around the league. So very, very emotional moment there on uh, on Monday night, and it kind of affects everybody's mood, you know. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's much better to be talking about his recovery than having a moment of silence. Agreed. So with all things said, I think this is an uphill battle, but it's definitely one worth the fight. And DeMar Hamlin, obviously, his whole family are sending out prayers to you guys. So as this progresses, obviously, we'll keep you guys updated on his story and how those things go. But as the season progresses, we're getting to the final chapter in the college football playoff. TCU upsets Michigan. Georgia wins a very, very close one against Ohio State. This sets up the college football playoff final. TCU at Georgia. Georgia is 12-and-a-half point favorites. Goose, who do you got? Well, you know, a little psyche going into this game. I know the thought process is TCU. The Georgia fans got told they're not allowed to tailgate. At SoFi Stadium. What? They're having a stroke, dude. Ooh. I'm telling you, they are not happy down there. Uh, they they have awoken the dogs. Uh, I do think... Awoken the dogs. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. Full pun intended. I do think Georgia's toughest game was Ohio State. Ohio State had a month to prepare. And, you know, they've got good athletes. Like, all, the knock against Ohio State wasn't like, wow, this team's slow or this team's fat. Like, it was like they got beat up by Michigan. But they played a Georgia team. Marvin Harrison Jr., you can make the argument if he doesn't get hurt in that game... Maybe Ohio State wins it. They won that game right at midnight too. The the kick is is wide left. I'm so glad you as the that. ball dropped. That was awesome. That I was, completely yeah. forgot to watch the ball drop. Although I was watching on Hulu, so by the time I flipped over to the ball drop, and you know I got to see both of it. It was great. Um, and then TCU with the squeaker over Michigan. Guys, Michigan was the better team in that game. I, I mean, Michigan, Michigan just they they were the better team. They had a better game plan, and they they executed it about as poorly as humanly possible. Turnover Two pick sixes in that game. You had the 76-yard uh, touchdown on, on on just cover zero uh, and a guy that's got to make that tackle. So there's a lot going on in this game. I like Georgia. I, I think they're too big. I think they're too strong. I think Jalen Carter is going to have a day in the middle. And uh, But Giants, Giants' potential new wide receiver might be in this game. Uh, the, the TCU kid number one, what's his name, Quintez Johnston or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he he might be he might be the Giants' new number one wide receiver next year. I think he goes a little bit earlier than that, probably top one. We'll see, man. But it's a good thing we're not worried about our mock drafts right now, which is beautiful. Uh, Bob, we go to you. TCU, Georgia, Georgia's twelve and a half point favorites. Yeah, I mean, I just think Georgia's SEC too powerful, too many athletes. I think some time off probably hurts Georgia when you get into the rhythm and you take that time off. So they're back in the flow. Uh, I think TCU still makes it a little bit of an interesting game. I'm not sure they win, uh, but TCU is fun to watch. Uh, I'm a USC fan, so. 
another Riley. You know, I wish it was all Riley in the national championship this year, but uh, I think, you know, I really like Duggan. Um, I'm actually going to get into a little bit about him and the Jets possibly moving forward in a little bit here. Oh, Stetson Bennett, uh, baby. Yeah. Uh, bet. uh, Stetson Bennett, he's 27. He's done a great job in his 10 years at Georgia. He's older than like uh, half the starting yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold right up. Now. I hate this because Stetson Bennett's a couple months older than me, and people are talking like he has 20 you're kids. Get, you're getting old, man. Oh, man, it's, this hurts. You're getting this old. hurts. Actually, but, to not be a professional athlete at this point, I guess, yeah, I'm not going against 19-year-olds. Yeah, no, but I... I I think Stetson Bennett, you know, with with the Georgia athletes and and what they have around him, I think he does exactly what you know they need him to do. Um, so again, I, I think TCU's defense showed that, you know, because I thought the expectation was Michigan was going to pound the rock, pound the rock. That's what they said, and I don't really necessarily think they did that. I think nope. TCU held up pretty well. Uh, they created turnovers when they need to, which is what you need to do to stay in a game against a better team. So um, again, I don't I don't know if if TCU pulls it off, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer hopefully, than, than people think. I'd hate to see another blowout national championship. Um, but, again, it's exciting to see a new team in there in TCU. I kind of got tired of the Ohio States and the Clemsons and um, all that. So, again, it's, I think it's a new and exciting. What are your thoughts about expanding the playoff potentially in the next coming years? And, like, what are your thoughts on guys sitting out for their NFL future in bowl game situations? Yeah, I, uh, I love expanding it. Um, I think, you know, when you look at some of these New Year's Six Bowls, you can see – the, the potential that those matchups bring, right? Like how great, um, you know, some of these games really were. And I think it's just going to make it even more interesting, give teams something to play for. So I'm in favor of expanding it. Um, and like I said, you never know, right? You, you get a team out there like TCU goes up against Michigan, who's a favorite. They upset them. And again, I think it creates some new teams getting in there and, and not us seeing the same exact teams every year. Um, and in terms of what was the follow-up question? The following question, what do you think about guys worrying about their NFL futures and, and sitting for bowl games? Right. So I'm torn because I definitely lean towards you should go out and play. Uh, I, that's, that's the way I feel. I think you've battled all year to get to that spot. I mean, I guess the example you could use is Matt Corral, right? He was expected to go pretty high, gets injured playing in the Ole bowl Miss? game. and Yes. Yep, Ole Miss. Yep. And, you know, I mean, he still got drafted to the Panthers, and, and he's a little bit banged up, so I think you can use that as the example. But I think Nick Saban said it best. Uh, didn't I'm pretty sure he just made the comment about Will Anderson and Bryce Young playing. Um, help their team to a bowl game, finish out their careers the right way, and possibly set themselves up to move up the draft board. You know, so uh, I'm not sure why a, a guy like Will Levis sits out at, at Kentucky. Um, I'm, you know, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I'm not necessarily sure. You know, that he's a better quarterback than Bryce Young, and all of a sudden Bryce is sitting out and he's not. So I think that every guy's different, and I'm not going to tell how somebody ought to live their life. But at the same time, I think that you put all that work in. And who knows? You, you ball out, you know, a guy like Duggan, maybe he balls out in a national championship game, and now he, he we're looking at him maybe in the late first, early second instead of a mid-round pick. So I think it, it means a lot to a lot of guys. Um, personally, I, I again, I'm, if I was hypothetically speaking, I think I play. I think, again, you just invest so much time to, to a university and your teammates. It's it's hard to, if you're such an impact player, to watch them struggle. Again, Kentucky lost 21 nothing. Um, and I just think that it, it means a lot to a lot of people. Let, Kentucky looked really bad. I got Levis as this oh. year's Zach Wilson, and not necessarily – he may not be as bad as Wilson, but what I am going to say is he's going to be the guy that moves up the draft board because of his stupid pro day. We're done with pro I days. I hate pro days. They're the worst. But let me say this. Think about expansion, right? We were just talking about it. Robbie's going to hate me for this one, but think about the USC-Tulane game as a playoff game. That would have been Imagine awesome. that game as a play. Like that, that was great that's game. the excitement we're talking about. Defenses have collapsed. Just under I think Alex they, they, they've just kind of uh, 
No, no, defenses as a total in the bowl games have just kind of like disappeared. So I'm, I'm just a bitter USC fan. But yeah, right <laughs> defense in college football as a whole is down. I'm it's got, it's got, it goes away in the bowl games, and it's exciting. It's fun. It's fun to watch, man. Uh, let's just continue with the football going on. The Jets carousel. We got Robbie here. Goose, we got 40 quarterbacks in the Jets. They started Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's their guy. In comes Mike White. Mike White gets hurt. Zach Wilson's their guy through hell or high water. What is going on here with the Jets? Break down their season so far. Robbie, let's get your thoughts on the Jets quarterback situation after this. We're in East Rutherford. We're in Florham Park. We're with the Jets. Goose, what's going on? Yeah, there you go. Well, they started the season with Flacco, right? Uh, because Zach Wilson took like nine weeks to come back from a meniscus injury that I know for a fact takes three weeks. Um, it, so that's how you start the year. Then Zach Wilson, you're sitting there and you're like, well, he's just going to play good enough, right? And then he's he's playing barely good enough. Then he just falls off a cliff. You've got Mike White, the savior, comes in. Then he gets hurt. He shatters his ribs so much that ten doctors won't clear him. Uh, you got Strevler comes in, looks like a look like a beefcake on the field for like a quarter and a half. Um, then that's trouble. Then Wilson comes back for the two most important games of the year at home uh, against the Jaguars and the Lions. I, I don't think it's that order. I think it was the Lions and the Jaguars. Um, but, and then now, now it was Mike White in Seattle. And now I, 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 can we just start, can Robbie, can you start this week for the Jets, please? Like, I mean, at this point, it's just throw to Garrett Wilson. It's, uh, we should tell Michael floor that because that'd be the first thing I do as an OC. Whoa. Are you putting him to the fire? Or what? What's your situation? Yeah, numbers, numbers, numbers are numbers. I think he's in the fire. Num- numbers. Let's are... talk. Let's talk the floor. Let's talk quarterbacks. Let's get into all. Let's get into it all. The numbers don't lie, and and the Jets in a league in a time where football is meant to throw the ball and score points, and as we just said, defenses are non-existent. Um, the the Jets are are bringing defense back. That's for sure, and, and they're making sure their kicker stays active and he's earning his money. Um, you know, it's just it, it's it's just in typical Jets fashion. Uh, Robert Salah said to keep the receipts. Well, everybody's got the receipts out, and the receipts are showing that they collapsed uh, on a playoff push in their two most important games, and especially against the Jaguars. The team looked disinterested, like they didn't want to be there. And then you go and, and you look at the Seahawks in the opening run. Kenneth Walker breaks a long one. And as soon as that happened, I, I've seen it too many times, I knew we were done. It, it didn't matter. And Mike White didn't look himself. I'm not ready to kill Mike White. Because I think he's taking accountability on everything he's doing. He's not the and, guy. And uh, he's not the guy, but he be, he's more competitive than anybody else you put out there. And I think that if you look at it realistically and you look at expectations, Mike White wasn't a second overall draft pick. And Mike White's come in. He's done what he's supposed to do, you know. And and he gave us the best chance to win. And that's and that's what it is. But uh, in terms of where we stand as a quarterback, I don't think Wilson's it. I don't think he was ever it. I think when you're playing against these defenses you know bill belichick is not coaching at unlv he's not coaching at louisiana tech um he's not coaching at ucf in the boca raton bowl during a COVID year because you know uh we had our head coach make sure that everybody knew he went 18 for 18 in the boca raton bowl because that's important so i mean i could sit here all day and do it i'm a salad fan although with some of his comments i know he's trying to play the political game and make it seem like they're still invested in Zach and they don't want to give up on him yet. So I can understand where he's coming from. I think LaFleur today took a lot of accountability. Uh, but you have to produce at that level. Where do you go from here? Is it another, you have draft a guy, top five pick, and Sam Darnold, get rid of him. Draft a guy, top five pick, and Zach Wilson, get rid of him for someone new. Or do you go to a veteran quarterback, someone that has success in the NFL, 
and knows what the game's about. Yeah, so my original plan would have been to keep Sam Darnold and to build around him. Oh, Lord. Because I think you could see what he's doing down in Carolina. And you are I, – I, I will die on this hill that if Sam Darnold were our quarterback right now, we would be in the playoffs. Who would be that second pick? I mean, wasn't Justin Jefferson? Who was Jamar in that Chase, draft? Kyle Pitts, so. them, and all those guys, or no? Who was? I'm trying to even think who was anybody. I mean, it could have been anybody. If you if you look at if yeah, you look that, it that up was and, the pitch draft because that was so you guys got duped out of taking Justin Fields too. Fields was the second quarterback that entire process, and then Zach Wilson in a stupid pro day made that one throw. And that was it. Everybody that, became infatuated with him, including his mom's friend. But go ahead. You know, and, and that's part of it, too, is that every, all these guys make all these throws on the edge out routes and deep balls, and nobody's covering them. And I mean, you could tell when a guy can play football when, when the pads are on. And that's why I think pro days, like, you can you get the feel for how big a kid is or how, how fast he is or how high he can jump. But none of that matters, right? I mean, Jamarcus Russell, he's another one. I've seen a lot of comparisons between him and Zach Wilson. Which is so, not good. No, it's nope. never good. But... You know, I, I think it all went downhill for Zach when the Jets the Jets were better than people anticipated. And they thought that this would be a year that the Jets would improve. They probably wouldn't be in the hunt, but they'd have about five wins, six wins. They'd improve. He'd come along, and the next year would be the year. And the team really took off, and he struggled, and he lost us both Patriots games. And his comments after the Patriots game killed him because – in New York, you can't survive like that. And Daniel Jones has, has made it because he's taken accountability. He hasn't been outspoken. And Zach, right there, he killed himself. He lost the locker room. To me, that's who he is. I still don't think he thinks it's his fault. And, you know, again, like you look at where Trevor Lawrence is, right? He's ascending, right? He's going to take that team to the playoffs possibly. He's the guy that, of course, we had to beat the Rams. And we lost out on, on a generational talent. And we got stuck with Zach Wilson. I still don't think, I'm still not sold on any quarterbacks in that draft. Trey Lance has barely played. Justin Fields, I mean, you look at Lamar, Lamar's banged up. I mean, I, you can't be a running quarterback in the NFL. That's just how That's just how it is. I know he's a freak athlete. I still don't think he's going to be great because of the tradition of Ohio State quarterbacks, if you look at it down the line. So, again, I, I'm, the, the Jets quarterback is, for next year is not on the roster. Mike White's going to be the backup. Flacco's going to go hang out down the shore. I appreciate his time here. Strebler is going to be in some weightlifting competitions. He'll be, <laughs> you know, he'll he could be a Taysom Hill guy, I guess. Um, and, you know, moving forward into free agency, I, I don't think quarterback play in the NFL is good right now outside of a couple of guys, a handful Derek of Carter. guys. You know, I so, mean, I mean, if, if, if you really think you're ready to win now, um, I don't want Rodgers. I think that there's a lot of baggage with that. I don't Rogers. think... That's the I, first time I've heard a Jets fan say that. I don't want Rodgers. That's so $50 million a year. I mean, you're going to have to pay him. It's a two-year, three-year thing. He's not the same guy as he was. Woody Johnson isn't broke. I hate how people act like the Jets don't have money. No, but, but he's but like that money, but that money could, for yeah, like but the last 10 years. But that money can go elsewhere, too, to make you better. You know, yeah. so uh, I'm not I'm not in on Rodgers. Brady, I would never, ever take Brady. He's done. Um, I, I think that Lamar is not realistic. It'd be exciting. But, again, he's banged up. Do you want to give him money? To a guy who hasn't been healthy right now, uh, Jimmy G gets banged up. He knows the system. I'd be excited about Jimmy G. Derek Carr realistically is the best answer and the best option. I think that with a good defense, you know, he could be serviceable and get us over the hump. Uh, you know, another guy who I was really actually excited about um, was Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's unfortunately played his way out of me being excited about him. <laughs> so you know, again, like I just there's nobody in this draft. Um, that I would consider taking with a high pick. I don't think, I mean, 
because again the Jets aren't going to be there, so Bryce Young's going to be gone. I think Stroud's going to be gone. Um, but there's nobody else where like like I don't I do not want Will Levis. I don't want him. Um, I'm I'm good on that. Uh, one I would be excited about is Max Duggan. Um, I know there's you know he lost a job and he had to earn it back and whatever. But I think the dude's a baller, and I think within Tyler the right Brady. system. Yeah, I mean, like, look at Brock Purdy, right? Like, I mean, you mean to tell me that in the right system, Duggan can't do that. I think you take a third-round flyer on him if he's there. Um, the one I really want is Caleb Williams as a USC fan. I think he's he's a game-changer. I think he's a freak. I think he can fit in to the system. But I just think quarterback playing the NFL is down. And, uh, I know I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I just – Zach Wilson, you can't be the second overall pick. It can't be two years in a row that you need a reset where you have to sit out. I don't understand Retweet. why his feet – like, his feet don't match up. Horrible. It's terrible. He relies on arm strength. And what people I don't think they understand is that these guys are such natural throwers from a young age. He was able to just out-throw people in high school. Yep. And he was able to out-throw people in college. So you don't have to be fundamentally sound. Don't have to so people. when you get to this level and it's not matching up, you know, I mean, he never steps into his throws. He's falling away. You know, he's relying on his arm strength. He's staring down receivers. You tell me if you think he's improved. And the last point I'll make, and then I'll let you guys jump in, is – Who's that on? And that's on the coaches. And Greg Knapp passed away, unfortunately, yes. You can use that as an excuse. That's two years ago. They brought in his own quarterback coach. That was what it was. You know, LaFleur's up in the booth. I think LaFleur's too young. He's not ready for the moment. I think his ideas are there. But the offense is stagnant. It's inconsistent. It doesn't make sense. We're throwing the ball to Braxton Berrios, who we paid how much to just punt return. He can't even do that right now. He can't kick return. We don't throw the ball to Garrett Wilson. We throw give-up screens and checkdowns. I feel like I'm watching Adam Gay's offense. We can't run the ball. Lincoln Tomlinson, uh, he's been a disappointment. Vera Tucker going out and, and Hall. It's it's just, again, like I could sit here and talk to you guys for 40 minutes about that, but I'll let somebody else jump in and I'll swing back around. Well, WFA was talking about his feet, actually, and they were talking about how he – they were talking about one play in particular when he was throwing a, a, a three-step hitch to Garrett Wilson. That he threw and, 90 miles an hour. And all he did was catch it in the shotgun, sidestep, and throw. And that reminds, it, like when you think about it, and you think of awful quarterback feet, you go to two names in NFL history. You go to Brett Favre, and you go to Jay Cutler. Which one do you want to be? Like, I mean, Jay Cutler, towards the end of his career... Brett Favre has a good career. Right, Brett Favre had a great career, still had the most interceptions in NFL history, and now steals from poor people. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, you start thinking about like, but those guys, those guys produced, like you're not producing and your footwork is atrocious. And unfortunately, Robbie, the only way you get Caleb Williams, you'll be the only fan left because you'll have to tank next year. And if you guys tank half your fan base is off the cliff anyway, if you guys tank next year, the entire fan base is gone. You, you don't lose Jets fan. We're used to this. <laughs> we're, we're used to the up and downs. I will say though, think about it. You get a what new coach. Other guarantee. teams are going to need a quarterback following this year. The Giants. Okay. That's no, fair. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Giant, I'm kidding. If the Giants let go, of it's going to be like the Patriots, the Saints. If the Giants let go, of Daniel Jones, I, I will. I would take him 100. percent I I think Daniel Jones. He, they should sign him. They should keep him. He's their guy for the long term. Because again, you let's sit down and look at it. Right? Who in this free agency class? Or who in this draft class is going to come out and be better than Daniel Jones? Nobody. The yeah. answer is nobody. So you don't do that. And yep. he's shown you that he can win with talent around him. I want a day ball for the Jets in the worst way. I still think Salah does a good job. Um, but the unfortunate. Let's the, call it what it is. 11 uh, 22. He's if you're in position for Caleb games. Williams, Salah's gone. If, hey, Sal, if Salah does not make a change to his OC, and we are in position for Caleb Williams, Salah, 
Joe Douglas, LaFleur, and Ulbrich are all gone. Unfortunately, right now, I think that Salah really messed up by taking a young quarterback with a young OC and pairing them together. Um, Without a veteran on the roster, he's a day one starter. I, I think I don't think Ulbrich's a good DC. I really don't. I don't think he does a great job. I think we're kind of vanilla in what we do, and we just have some dudes that can can cover it. Uh, but again, like nothing. Like I, I sit here and I'm like, okay, we have guys, but I don't know if we have the right infrastructure in place. You know, Joe Douglas. Okay, he he gets he gets a really foundational, great draft class. But I mean, you look at some of his free agency signings. You look at his past draft classes. Makai Becton hasn't panned out. I mean, that 2020 class is is awful. You know, Quinnen's a dude. Like, but you're looking, you're sitting there looking at it, and you're like, okay, he's got one class. He's got a losing record. He hired Salah, right? He had kind of had to deal with Gase. Um, but in my opinion, I think if Salah wants to keep his job and wants to save face here, he's got to fire his buddy's brother. That's it. You can't mm-hmm. be friends in this business. You have to do it what's best for your family and what's best for the team, and that's it. And, you know, again, I give Michael Floor a lot of credit because he said that in, in an interview, and I think he's handled everything great. I think he's going to be a good OC down the line. I'm just not sure it's here and it's not now. And uh, We know it's Zach, and I think when Zach went out, we're starting to see it's it's LaFleur as well. Michael LaFleur, though, seems to me like a bounce-back guy, someone that's going to take this in stride, keep going on with his career, eventually become a head coach, and it's going to be the what-ifs of what's going on with Michael LaFleur. Oh, he'll get it right. Yeah, I, I 100% see that, just not here. We'll not see now. if Fortune's find him a good quarterback at some point, too. I mean... You know, it, it, you know, it all goes hand-in-hand. Hand, right? Realistically, you would say Zach Wilson has all the tools to become one, you just can't coach him up to be one. I so. don't know. Throwing the, throwing the ball hard and far doesn't make you a good quarterback. True, you gotta it's progress, true. read, mm-hmm. set your feet. You know, everybody falls. My thing is, everybody falls in love with the guy who can throw 80 yards or he throws mm-hmm. it as fast as he can. But in shorts. But now you can't. Now you can't. Your offense is limited because you can't throw short or intermediate routes. So, listen. Everybody wants a big, strong quarterback, and this this is what this is what you get when when you're wowed at a pro day. I, I'm I'm very much out on Zach Wilson. I'm very negative. I, I don't think there's a fix to this. He's got to be off the roster. I don't even think. I really don't even think the team. Is is you can't recover from this. It has to go to a new locker room. Like what guy in there after what he's done is gonna be like week one? Like, hey, I'm ready to roll. Let's go play hard. Like you, you automatically are like, there's no way this guy's rolling out on the field again. And you can launch as far as you want. That's just not where the game's at anymore. Game's at all these inter- intermediate routes, crossing, stick slants, routes, mesh, whip routes, chips. So you can throw it over a linebacker. The good old dig route, you know, the dagger route as Madden would call it, you know, all that it's, stuff. That's, it's that's reads, what the game is. It's a game of RPO, mm-hmm. it's a game of reads now. You have Manipulation of linebackers, all that stuff. Intelligent as, talent, as talented. It's art. Um, let's keep going. We'll talk about big arms all day. Let's get into week 18. NFL, um, week 17, like we said, um, ended with the bills Bengals being postponed. We'll get into that once we know the results and what's going on with the league and all that good stuff. But let's start out in Las Vegas. Kansas City takes on the Las Vegas Raiders. Goose, nine and a half point away favorites for the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you got here? Yeah, I know just a few weeks ago, Moltner was thinking that this was the game that was going to get them into the playoffs um, on their 10-7 and 7 run. But, uh, no, this just feels like Kansas City. They know the one seed's on the line. And, you know, again, they have no idea what the league's going to do with that game from last week, but they don't really care. All they can do is continue to win. Uh, this team's like a well-oiled machine. Hopefully, Jarek McKinnon pops off because they need him to for my fantasy championship. And uh, he just got to keep it rolling. And I think they do. Uh, I think this team, I think they beat Vegas. And uh, even if Vegas lead in the fourth quarter, they're going to find a way. 
Robbie, nine and a half point favorite Chiefs taking on the Raiders in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are, are 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 good for that. I think the Raiders are. I'm a big uh, fan that they're they're going to keep McDaniel's. I think he stinks and he's he's not a good coach. But I, I'm I'm a fan of the Chiefs. I think they're rolling and they got a lot to play for here. So uh, I like the Chiefs to cover there. The rocket scientist Josh Dobbs starts for Tennessee this week as they travel to Jacksonville and take on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jaguars are six and a half point. Home favorites. Who do you got here with the playoffs on the line? They should have announced Derrick Henry to be the starting quarterback. They might as well at this point. Wildcat? Oh, uh, Miami? Yeah, there you go. Uh, my cousin's a Jaguar fan. He lives in Jacksonville. Uh, he's going to the game. It's going to be a teal out. That place is going to be an absolute zoo. Uh, I expect the Jaguars to win. Duval. They've been a re- Duval. They've been a very fun story to watch this year. Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson. Although Doug Peterson last week when he said there's no such thing as a meaningful, meaningless football game, yet he threw a game on national television a couple years ago. Uh, but we'll leave that to the side. That's history. It's get right week. Nonetheless, oh, they're the perfect pairing, uh, and Trevor Lawrence is taking, uh, as Robbie mentioned before, the ascension because of that. And uh, they're a fun team to watch, man. Christian Kirk's not worth $19 million a year, but the way he's playing this year, they're playing well. Zay Jones, uh, ETN's been a fantasy stud, so I expect them to win win, win this one at home and uh, go to the playoffs. Robbie, Tennessee at Jags, Jags by 6.5. Yep, I'm, I'm going to roll with the Jags as well. Um, Doug Peterson is going to have the ice cream waiting for the boys in the locker room. <laughs> Bulls ice cream for everybody celebrating. Uh, I can't believe that Josh Dobbs is going to start a game in 2022. Um you know, it's just mind blown. But again, like like Ryan said, uh, too much to play for at home. Play's going to be crazy. I think the Jaguars are hitting their stride at the right time. Um, they they look really good over these last couple of weeks. So I think that's another good cover as well. We'll keep it to you. Jets at Miami. Jets are oh my excuse me. Miami is a two and a two point favorite here. Who are they starting at quarterback? Who's that's a great question. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did they sign Mike Glennon? I think it's Skylar. It's been Skylar Thompson in the past from Kansas State. But it is Skylar Thompson. They Thank signed Glennon, right, to their team? To their I don't know. I didn't see. But I think last time Thompson was the third quarterback in the first game when they played us, and I, he played last week too. So, I, I'm, to my knowledge, that's going to be the guy, but yeah. I, I could be wrong. So, the Jets are not favored, even though Skylar Thompson starting for Miami. Miami is the home team. Who do you got here? Uh, I want to say Miami. Because I would like the Jets to have a top ten draft pick, um, but is that what's on the line? I believe if they if they lose, they can slide by the, into the top ten or around the top ten. The or fall from I think grace is crazy. Um, but don't quote me on that. I think that's what I was. That's what I read. That's True, what I was told. it's still top fifteen. Though. Yep. So they can in, they can improve their draft position. I'll leave it at that. Um, unfortunately, I've I've been a Jets fan long enough that we're gonna win this game. We're gonna ruin our draft pick. And that's how the season's going to go. And then the Jets are going to hang their hat that we finished on a high note. Um, however, spin zone to that, it's saying that they're considering adding an eighth team to the playoff. And I saw a scenario where the Jets might slide in at the eight. If that's the case, and hopefully they announce it before Sunday so I can root for them, um, we'll see. But I, I, I do think that uh, the Jets pull this one out. Yeah, it, uh, interesting. I'll go Miami just to be the difference here. Um, I, I don't know if it's gonna be hot How down Miami there. Miami favorite. I still can't get over this. I uh, I want to see it's I want to see Mike McDaniel get creative in this game. Find a way to get Tyreek Hill and and Jalen Waddle match up on those linebackers a little bit. Maybe the nickel, get them off of guys like Sauce Gardner and and uh, what's his name DJ Reed. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So try to get them off of those guys a little bit. Free them up just a hair. Uh, and go from there, but 
Yeah, I'm with Robbie. It screams like a Jets, you know, moral moral but literal victory to end the season. Um, but I'll take Miami. They, I believe they're in a win-and-get-in situation, so uh, give me Miami. We continue. Cleveland Browns take on the Pittsburgh Steelers with playoff implications on the line for Pittsburgh. Wow. Pittsburgh is two-and-a-half-point home favorites here. Goose, we'll go to you. Dude, Mike Tomlin's ridiculous. This organization's awesome. absurd. He's awesome. They belong They belong in the top five of the draft this year. Tomlin and, could retire today and go to the Hall of Fame. And here they are on, on the verge of going to the playoffs again. And I told you, Jules, the whole Deshaun thing, I hope Cleveland never wins a game the rest of their history. So I got Pittsburgh in this game. And, uh, and they're going to make things very, very interesting for them. I don't know what the scenarios are uh, for them to get in, but they're going to make it very interesting by getting a dub. I'll tell you this. Last week it was about nine things. This week it's about two or three things. There so you go. things are on their side. Robbie, we go to you. Browns at Steelers. I'd like to try to be the different speaker here, but I don't think I can. I just think uh, the Steelers are going to pull this one out. I think they're, again, they're hitting their stride at the right time. Tomlin's a great coach. Um, the Steelers are an organization that's used to winning. They have the infrastructure in place. And I did see something that, it was like a crazy stat, and, and I'm going to maybe misquote it here, but like Mike Tomlin's like 7-0 and or 9-0 and in games where he's facing a losing record, something oh, insane man. like that. So um, I think Tomlin's going to have the boys ready to go and, and take care of that. That's just crazy. Mike yeah, Tomlin. He's, he's never had a losing season. He's been in the league, I think this is his 15th year. And at one point he was 2-6 and six at his bye week. Mm-hmm. So this is just another textbook Mike Tomlin season. With a, lo- with a loss to Zach Wilson and the Jets. And there Kenny you go. Pickett. Kenny Pickett's looking pretty good Kenny this year. Kenny two gloves thrown to George Pickens, who is a good receiver as long as he doesn't punch somebody in the <laughs> middle of the game. <laughs> we move forward to the Houston Texans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favored by 2.5 points, which is terrible because they got blown out by the Giants last week. Nonetheless, Goose, Texans at Colts, Colts are favored. All right, this isn't a hot take, but this is going to be my take. This is going to be the worst football game in the history of our lifetimes. Um, and I believe... The Broncos played a few of those this I, season. I do that. not care. This Neither team wants to win. Um, so somebody's going to be forced to win by the officials at the end of this game. And uh, Houston's looking to get that first pick, and Bryce Young is going to fall right into their lap. But I believe Indianapolis can sneak in there. Uh, as well, if they if they lose this game and Jeff Saturday could actually do something good for the organization, um, I do applaud Jeff Saturday though. He he's got to yell at his offensive line uh, for the performance last week, and specifically when Nick Foles gets knocked out and Thibodeau's doing the snow angels. Whether you agree with the angels or not, where's the offensive line? Oh yeah, that dude I mean I mean mouth, yeah, I dude. If somebody did that around We're Robbie, like you're getting that. knocked out, bro. I'm sorry, like you know you you are leaving on the same stretcher that Nick Foles is. Um, so, yeah, where is your offensive line? But will Jeff Saturday finally do something good for this organization and lose a game? We'll see. Um, where is this game being played? This game is being played in Indianapolis. You know what? I Give me Indianapolis to win it. I, at, at, at the buzzer. At the buzzer on a field goal. I think Houston rolls this game. Robbie, we go to you. Texans uh, at Colts. I'm, I'm going to go with Houston. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of the worst football games ever. It's going to probably be unwatchable, so nobody's really going to follow it. Um, but I don't know. Just something tells me. I think Houston's had a couple of games where I've picked against them to lose, and they come out and shock me, and, and they win. Um, so maybe I'm helping Houston out by picking them, and they'll lose, and they'll keep that pick, they'll keep that pick. So I'm going to take the Texans on this one. 0-0, overtime tie. <laughs> 2 nothing. <We> forward <laughs> to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Falcons are four-and-a-half point. Home favorites, Goose. We go to you. What do you got here? It's a tricky game, right? I think. I think game. they said, "Well, what does Tampa have to play for, right?" I mean, they they 
Locked up the division last week. A 500 record, not to be the most embarrassing team in the playoffs. Dude, there's still like half the people are predicting them to beat Dallas in the first round of the playoffs That's because the they have effect. Tom Brady. That's... And this team should have been buried months ago. Dallas rolls this team. I'm but, uh, out there. well, we'll see. I hope not uh, as an NFC East It might fan. be the Eagles to roll this team. We'll see. But uh, nonetheless, in this game, it's hard. I don't know how long Brady and Evans and those guys are going to play. By the way, thank you, Mike Evans, for nine catches, 217 yards, and three touchdowns last week. Appreciate you. Um, I'll take Atlanta because I just don't think Tampa's going to play their starters, uh, nor do they seem to care enough. And even when they care enough in football games, they're still down 10 in the fourth quarter uh, in each one of these games. So give me Atlanta because I think Brady gets pulled early. Robbie, we go to you. I hate to I hate to keep agreeing because that's, that's not as fun. But, I mean, I, I, I got to get Atlanta too. I like Desmond Ritter. I've liked what I've seen from him. I think he's exciting. I'll be honest, I wasn't really a huge fan coming out of Cincinnati, but he certainly impressed me. He looks like um, uh, Yeah, and I, I he's think he's 29, isn't he? <laughs> no. No, he's young. He's younger. younger. I think he's like 23. I think he's on the younger side. Yeah. I'll double check that, but he's got a kid already. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of people. No, 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 no. I meant that like it's like Uh, good for him. You know. Um, But I I do think the Falcons pull this one out. I think Ryan brings up a good point of the Bucs saving it, you know, and and pulling guys early. And I think Atlanta has something to play for a little bit here, right? You want want your quarterback to do well. You got some young guys in there. So um, I will be interested to see what happens with Kyle Pitts, though, moving forward. Yeah, he is 23, by the way. I don't know why I thought he was, like, one of the older guys. Brandon Whedon, you're thinking of, probably. I'm also thinking of the guy from, like, North Texas that's 29 and has a ninth year of eligibility. But, yeah, we'll keep it rolling. Legendary. So, the Carolina Panthers take on the New Orleans Saints in NOLA. Panthers, or excuse me, the Saints are three-and-a-half-point home favorites here. Who do you got here, Goose? This should be just pick the Saints because they're in the dome. But I kind of like the way Carolina's been playing all the last few weeks. I know they blew the game last week. Gritty football. Uh, should have won. They were up 14 nothing in that game, and they were up 11 in the fourth quarter. Uh, should have beat, should have beat Tampa Bay. Should probably have the chokehold on the division, but you know what? Should have, could have, would have, right? And uh, this team obviously missing a few pieces. They may have Jim Harbaugh by the end of the season, and uh, I know that's Robbie's favorite guy, but uh, they've got Sam Darnold. He's playing well, and uh, while they don't have Jim Harbaugh, I'll take the Carolina Panthers. Robbie, we go to you. Panthers at Saints. The Saints are favored by three and a half. Uh, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I'm gonna go with the Panthers. Sam Darnold. That's it. Boom. That's his guy. We move forward to the New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. With all the playoff implications in place, Buffalo might be playing for the one seed. Buffalo is seven-point favorites because of it. Goose, who do you got? I think New England gets absolutely rolled here. Um, The emotions of a game like this are so high, and it's going to be very hard for Buffalo to maintain that. And now that I'm saying it, maybe Belichick takes advantage of that because that's who Belichick is. Evil genius. But I just I think there's too much emotion in Buffalo. I think they win this game by three or four touchdowns. I think they just I think they roll the pats here. This is it, it's going to be an emotional one at Hyde Park on uh, um, or yeah whatever their stadium's called up up there. Bills Mafia is going to be rocking uh, with threes. I'm sure painted all over their chest. So uh, I think I think the Bills take this one big. Patriots at Bills. Bills, seven-point favorites. Um, I'm also going to go Bills here. I think that emotion carries a lot into a game like this. I think the Bills are just, whether this had happened this week or not, I just think yeah. the Bills were a better team anyway. Right. Um, and certainly, again, you put into the fact that they don't know what the scenario is going to be, and you're going to want to win anyway to control your own destiny. I think that's really important. Um, I don't think the Patriots are, are good. Um, I think Mac Jones is going to be out of New England soon. Bailey Zappy time. He's he's on the Zach Wilson path, um, and 
Really? He, that kind of path? I mean, he showed he could play something. No. I don't think I don't think, I don't <laughs> he, think he's good. He can play the Joe Judge offense, yeah, which him, is him and Zach can play each other in a seven on seven <laughs> league, but um I, I'm and I'm also as a Jets fan, obviously not a New England fan, so uh, I'm going to pull for the Bills on this one. I think the Bills just come out. They take care of business on a really emotional game. We move forward to Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. Again, playoff implications on the line for Minnesota. 12-4 and record. If the Eagles lose one, maybe they'll get something going. Who do you got here? Uh, Minnesota. Uh, unfortunately, I'd probably take Chicago if Fields was playing. Fields has had a great year. Uh, I know his arm's not screaming, you know, Joe Montana, but, like, He's obviously rushed the football really well. He's done a lot of things right for that football team. Uh, but he is not playing this week. Uh, I believe Nathan Peterman is playing in his spot. Nathan Peterman sucks. So uh, we'll take uh, take Minnesota in what is going to be, I believe, one of their first or second blowout win of the year. They don't have too many of them because they're generally allergic to them. But I'll take Minnesota. Robbie, we go to you. Vikings at Bears. Vikings, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings here. I just yeah. think the Vikings are, again, like I don't want to I, – I hate to keep agreeing. I don't think it makes it as fun, but I also don't want to come off and appear like I don't know what I'm talking about here. Like going with the Bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, But I, I just uh, – yeah, it's week 18. you got a 12-14 versus a 3-13 and 13 team. Um, I think the Vikings are just – it's just a different level, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Vikings. They're going to get ready for the Giants anyway. Let's start with you then, Rob. Ravens at Bengals. Bengals are seven-point favorites here. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. Again, they're still playing for something. They're still fighting here. Um, they didn't get a chance to really, uh, obviously, play this week. Um, so you want to keep your guys fresh, in my opinion, heading into the playoffs. I don't think they have any really major injuries. Um, so I think that you're going to look. It's a rivalry game. Bengals Ravens division game, you're playing for something. You want to keep your guys rolling, keep them in in the same motion that they've been in. So I'm gonna go and roll with the Bengals on this one. Goose Ravens at Bengals. Yeah, I think the most telling thing is that while the Ravens have held float, you know they've stayed afloat. Stayed afloat is the phrase. Uh, while Lamar's been out, they ha- I don't I believe the stat is they haven't scored more than 17 uh, in a game since Lamar's been out. But their defense is peaking at the right time. So the question is. Do you believe that this Ravens defense can hold the Bengals under 17 points at home? Again, it's not the same level of emotion uh, as I think it will be at, at the Bills game, but there's emotion in this game too. And I think the city of Cincinnati is going to wrap their arms around T. Higgins. He may have a career day uh, on Sunday. I mean, Jamar starting in my league, so I kind of you know need him to do that. But uh, nonetheless, I think I think this offense scores more than 17 points. So. As long as they do that, I think Cincinnati wins the football game. So, I'll take them. We move forward to the New York Giants taking on the Eagles. The Eagles are a whopping 14-point favorites, the largest spread of the week against the Giants. They're home. They're playing for the one seed. Giants expected to rest. Jalen Hurts might be in. Who do you got here? Yeah, it's a, 14's a big spread. They beat the Giants by 26 uh, in East Rutherford. And it was a much worse game than 26 points. I, I know that. Uh, we'll see with Hurts, man. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, the Giants, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with the starters. I, I just I, I want to see them continue. I don't like getting guys out of rhythm, but uh, if it's going to protect them, whatever. But uh, I, I like I like the Eagles, but I like the Giants. I'll take the Giants to cover this one. Robbie, who you got? Giants at Eagles. Uh, I'm going to – I mean, again, it depends on what the Giants do, right? I don't really think Hurts I, – I, I don't think they play Hurts because – 
I think the Eagles, if they get in, they're good enough. No matter if they're the one seed or not, they're good enough to play anybody. Um, I think they proved that against the Cowboys as well, right? So um, this is a tough one. Again, it's really going to depend on what the the Giants do here. Um, but I really think, actually, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm talking through it. I think the Giants they they do cover here because I'm I'm not sure that with a Gardner Minshew led offense they're going to beat the Giants by that much anyway. Fair enough. We move on to LA Rams taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are six point home favorites. I believe there's playoff implications here as well. Uh, yeah, if Seattle wins, it eliminates uh, Detroit. Green Bay and Detroit. No, no, it eliminates Detroit. If Green okay. Bay's win and they're in. Okay. But if Seattle wins, they eliminate Detroit. And if Detroit beats Green Bay, Seattle's in. No. If Se- well, if Seattle loses... Seattle wins. If Seattle, if Seattle wins, Detroit is eliminated. Yes. So, which would mean if Detroit then beats Green Bay... That same night. Seattle is in. Correct. Correct. If Seattle loses, the winner of Green Bay and Detroit is in. Awesome. Because I want to see that matchup, I'm taking the Rams in this game. And, uh, you know, the good old scrappy chip on his shoulder, Baker Mayfield, marches into Seattle. Um, although I hate that narrative. But uh, nonetheless, I want to see Detroit Green Bay be a winner, winner go home. So uh, give me the Rams in this game. Rob, who you got? Rams at Seahawks. It's at the Seahawks? At Seahawks. Seahawks. At home. It's a tough place to play. And I think Pete Carroll's a good coach. The the Seahawks, I mean, they looked good against the Jets, but who hasn't recently? Um, But I think, you know, they have a real opportunity to get in here, and um, I think they have have enough weapons. Again, it's going to depend on if their backfield's healthy or not. They got a little bit banged up against the Jets. But if those guys are are partially healthy and um, they can run, I'd like the Seahawks in this game. Chargers at Broncos. We'll stay with you, Rob. Broncos are favored by two and a half points, presuming that Chargers bench everybody. I mean, oh my goodness, the Broncos. Uh, they, they, they they showed some fight, huh? I mean, they, you know, you get rid of Hackett and all of a sudden, here it goes. So, um, I'm I'm gonna, ugh, what a, what a terrible pick. I don't even know. Um, give me the Broncos to finish it out. Give me that's the Broncos. Right. Goose. That's that's a really good that's a really good pick. Um, I just think the Broncos are allergic to winning at this point. I give me the Chargers. I know nobody's probably playing, but. Uh, so this game may be up there for one of the worst ever, but I'll take the Chargers. The next game matches the biggest spread of the day with 14. Cardinals Oof. at Niners. I don't even have to tell you who's favored. Goose, we'll go with you. I need the Niners to win. Uh, I'm going to be very honest with you, and I, you guys respect me for being bluntly honest. I don't want to see San Francisco in round one. I'm kind of terrified of them. I want Minnesota. I think their roster is exceptionally good. I think their linebacking core it's by far the best in the league. I think their defense is really good. Um, and Brock Purdy just slides in, and he's got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's got Barry Sanders rolling off the bench. The but, ghost of Jerry Rice. Right, who knows. Um, but I'll take San Francisco because we need them. Jerry's not dead, by the way. Jerry's ghost in playing days. There you go. Uh, <laughs> the playing days of Jerry Rice. All right. Good we clarified that one. Still not that uh, I want to wish it But will. we need San Francisco to win so that we can play Minnesota in the first round. So uh, give me San Francisco. San Fran's not sitting anybody, correct? We're not, we're no, not, no. No. They, they, they can't? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to go San Fran here. I actually think the Cardinals are going to end up. I mean, they can't get rid of Kyler because of what they, what they paid him. Is Cliff gone? Um, uh I don't, oh, he has one is he, is he off the cliff? I, <laughs> I, I mean, he, he might be. I, I 
I think the Cardinals are going to be ready to Cliff blow will be it up. Michigan by next year. Yeah. Sad day though. Last game for JJ Watt in his career. Um, yeah. We know he's retiring after this. Yeah, one, so. Which the in-season Cardinals uh, hard knocks is going to be phenomenal. I know it. It was, it was pretty good. Oh, wait, it, it already happened? Good. Dude, they've been doing it for like the oh, last like, I've been watching it. See, weeks, I wait till the end of the season. See, that's the thing. That's Jiminy the thing. Crickets. I'm, I thought it was coming out at the end of the season. Right. I'm waiting until the end of the you'll, season. You'll have time to catch up. It's not like... When it's, you don't have football, it's you not like watch Game of Thrones, the dude. There's not like you know? spoilers, you know? <laughs> we keep going. Dallas Cowboys take on the... Oh, wait, did you pick? Yeah, you got Niners. That's yeah, that's it's, yeah, that's not the question. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys at Washington Commanders. Barring an Eagles loss, Dallas might be playing for the one seed as well. Seven point away favorites, Dallas is. We'll go to you. Yeah, I think. Oh, God. You know what? I hate. Da- commanders. I hate Dallas so much. And Dallas. Sam Howell is getting his first NFL action. What? He can't possibly be worse than Carson Wentz. You're not picking a Sam Howell the team over the Cowboys. I am going to take Sam Howell. I have to tell you, this Dallas team concerns me. When you watch this team, I don't know what it is. Every time you watch the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons is killed over for something. Like the, I'm sure the dude's in shade, but every time you watch him, he's like keeling over. He needs oxygen. He's taking a playoff. True, sitting on all fours. Like, what is going? Like I want to know what's going on with this guy. But you know, Joel, I think by the end of the day, um, yeah, give me my upset of the week. I'll take Sam Howell and the commies over uh, the Dallas Cowboys in this one. They unveiled a new mascot, by the way. It's a little pig. It's hilarious. It's not so little, but yes. Yeah. The Cowboys at Commanders, Bob, we go to you. Give me the Cowboys here. I don't think Sam Howell steps in and gets the job done. Um, Rally the troops. You know, you got a coach who doesn't even know if they're eliminated or not. Is Rivera out? No, he, he. I don't think he's gone, but I mean, he, he might be out of it. Yeah, like, he's, he's not. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's checked out. He doesn't even know that. <laughs> he, they don't even know if they're in the playoffs or not, or if they're gonna get eliminated. So. That's always tough as a coach, but yeah, I mean, like, I just think, you know, Sam Howell's not going to step in and, and and lead the team to victory over the Cowboys. Heineke, if he was in, give me the give me the Commanders, but no, not with Hal. So let's put two scenarios on the table for this next game. It's the oh, final game of the week: Lions at Packers. Let's do one when they both have a chance at the playoffs, and one where just the Packers have a chance. Goose, we go to you. As much as I love Detroit and I love the story this year, you go back to Hard Knocks and Hutchinson's doing. Uh, uh, beat it by Michael Jackson or um, Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. He's up there singing and dancing. They've got so many ex players as coaches. They're a fun. They're a fun team, man. Campbell's a listen. Campbell's a weird, weird guy, but like he seems like a guy you you know you, you would love to play for. His speeches are a little like you walk out of there confused. But uh, I I just think in either scenario, Joel's Green Bay's rolling right now. They're playing good ball and they're they are rolling. They're at home. Lambeau in January, typically outside of the playoffs, favors Green Bay. So uh, give me Green Bay Sunday night, no matter what. Bob, we go to you in both scenarios. Yeah, I uh, deep down really, really, truly believe that Green Bay is going to win, but I'm going to go against that, and I'm I'm going to roll the lines. I think that they got a team who's going to fight. They're, I mean, they've been talking all year about fighting and getting into the playoffs, and it's not done yet. And, again, I, don't, I think that Campbell's guys are going to come out ready to play. And uh, you got a really good opportunity for somebody new to break in and get back in, in into the playoffs. So um, I'm gonna roll with the Lions. I think it's gonna be exciting, and they're they're gonna it's gonna be a great game. But I'm taking the Lions. That basically wraps up Week 18. That wraps up the full NFL season. So until post uh, until postseason, rather, that's it. Yeah, we'll dive into it. Obviously, we'll have the combine coming up, Jules. Uh, college basketball's in in uh, in full speed ahead. 
You know, it's kind of been a little bit different. Down goes Purdue. You know, you know me. I was a Duke guy for a while, but since Coach K's left, it's kind of it's lost its juice, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Since he retired, I haven't watched a ton. Um, but, yeah, you got the NBA. LeBron turns 38 and then, you know, starts dropping 40 out of everybody's head. And uh, Giannis He's doing is, that to beat Jordan record of, like, 38, 10, and 5 at 38 years old or whatever. So, sure. Um, he's he's going to beat Kareem's record is, is really the question. The question's when. Uh, and how he's going to do it. Oldest player to score 40, oldest player to score 50. Yeah. He's going to do it all. Giannis dropped 55 with no threes the other night. Luka had a 60, 20, and 10 game. Uh, you had Donovan Mitchell who had a 71-point game. Huge game. Uh, so a lot going on in the NBA. Points are being scored. No defense in the NBA apparently this, either. This is not going to be a popular take, I'm sure, with some of the listeners, but uh, I, the NBA is not watchable to me. I, no, I, I think it's a all. terrible product. It's horrible. And. I'll leave it at that. I'm a Celtics guy, and we let up 150 points against the Thunder. I don't think I'm watching till postseason. I believe they said there were three teams in the league allowing 109 points or less. That's absurd. That's a that's ridiculous, dude. Tell it to guys I, in the 90s. Crazy. I think college basketball. I mean, you get an Ohio State, Michigan, right in a January, or you get a Purdue, Rutgers, you get a UConn, Villanova in January or you know December. Like those games matter, man. Like those yeah. matters for seeding. Like game, you know. 40 of of the of the Pistons and the Jazz in Detroit like it, that doesn't matter so nobody really cares in my opinion unless you're really a really like an avid fan of yeah. the NBA you're not watching it until it gets to the playoffs I, I know I, I might not even watch it until it gets to the finals unless the Warriors are in there because that's the only time it's fun for me so I, I'm not an NBA believer yeah 100% we'll see uh, what's going on with baseball they still got things going on there's a report that came out about the juice baseballs that they were using last year uh, coincidentally, only used in Yankee games in August and September. Coincidentally, when Aaron Judge is chasing the home run record. We're not going to get into that, but I uh, know we'll, Joe Long will close it out with Robbie and I's favorite hockey team. The Devils are uh, just a well-oiled machine right now. They're playing well. I know they went through a little bit of a skid, uh, but they look to be back here, Robbie. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, Wesleyan allowing me to keep my student email. I get student rush tickets to these games now. This is awesome, dude. This, this poor is, guy, outing himself. Outing this himself. is it's fantastic. They do the Devils do a great job. Devils games are a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to go to. I'd suggest everybody get out and watch them. Uh, but uh, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch all year. Yeah, I'm, I'm super happy they got off to the start they did because, I mean, in real being realistic, they weren't going to keep that pace up. No. That's, a, that's an impossible pace to keep. So I think you know with the tougher part of their schedule, they've come back down to earth a little bit. Good win last night. Uh, I again, I don't want to sound like a complainer, and it's really not who I am, but um, I, I'm just questioning why they love Mackenzie Blackwood so much. I just, I don't understand that. I think when you know Vanacek was there, and, and who they had Dawes as the backup, and Schmidt, like I just think that they had some guys who were playing well. Blackwood, to me, has proven that he can't stay healthy, and that I don't think he's great. I mean, against Carolina, the other night, I don't know if you saw that one. Mm-hmm. He like completely fanned on it and let up a goal. Like there you go. I just. I don't. I don't think he's the dude. So I'm not really sure why Lindy loves him so much. But just, just exciting for the Devils to be back. If they can get into the playoffs, competitive. Even I don't even know. I mean, they might even win the series, but they can be competitive. Mm-hmm. I'll, ha- I'll have a great time watching playoff hockey. Is awesome. I, I'm telling you right now, I will be there if they if they get in the postseason. Gotta be. I did it a few years ago when they played Tampa. I went by myself. It was the weirdest thing ever, but it was so much fun. I, it was unbelievable. Uh, Andre Palat coming back. Their big all season addition has yet to play for them. Uh, so we'll see how that all rolls. Very Evan Roberts esque to hit a game by yourself. I will say that playoff yeah. hockey is. It's fun tell though. me I'm wrong, but playoff hockey probably the best atmosphere mm-hmm. in, in sports. I I'd say hockey too. Like, 
you got to be there. Yeah. Like, I think being there, you know, there's there's, there's good there's good crews and stuff like that. you got to be at a hockey game. It's so much fun. And uh, it, it's a good time. But, yeah, the, uh, some say I look like Edwin Roberts a little bit. Um, but, uh, no, that'll do it for Episode 78. Uh, Robbie, thanks for joining us today. Where can the people find you on social media? So, uh, you can find me at robmeyer6 on Instagram. I don't really post that much anymore. Um, you will see the occasional story complaining about the Jets after after a loss. But, uh, as always, I appreciate you guys letting me come on here. You guys do a great job. And it's always good for me to find a, a space and people to listen to me vent about my, my sports team's troubles. Um, I'm already looking forward to the draft. The Jets own the offseason. We are the best off-season team in the history of not only the NFL but sports. It is true. So it is true. no playoffs, but a ton of Pepsi if, if, huh? if don't follow me, if you're going to do yourself a favor and be entertained all the way up until the start of the NFL next year, please go on and follow everything related to Jets Twitter. It is an awesome space that you really, really want to follow because the takes are just awesome. So do yourself the favor, Joel. So I got an idea. I think if Derek Hart goes there, we got to have Malt on here with Robbie to like hand over the Derek Carr jersey. Well, I'm defending the Derek Carr line. If he comes to New York, I'll get a Derek Carr jersey. No, no, but I'm not I'm not making fun. I'm saying, like, we can have a ceremonial passing of the oh. Derek Carr jersey. Malt will do That'd a dance cool. to get him gone. Like that. <laughs> is Malt not a car guy? I don't think he, no. See, no, he is. He's I think a car he's a, defender. Yeah, but I think he's an anti-McDaniels guy, too. So I think he well, wants he's, he's right in that team. Yeah, I was going to say, I, he's a smart guy, so that, that's good for him. Molt wants the future to progress for the Raiders, so I think he does want Bryce Young. There you go. they got to keep Jacobs, too, anyway. Yeah, that is true. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Goose on the Mic, same uh, for each social media. Joel's, where might the people be able to find you and or the and or the podcast? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Good Old Joel's or the podcast on Twitter at Podcast Aired Out or Instagram at airedout.podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can feel free to reach us at those. Brian DeAbel, Coach of the Year, Zach Wilson to yeah, the CFL, to hopefully. The to the moon. It's yeah, it's, it's been a wild NFL season. Um, I said before the season the Giants wouldn't win four games and did not bet a single dollar on them. I'm happy to eat my own words. We're in the playoffs. I did. We did have a segment on this podcast where we debated whether the Giants would have more wins with Tyrod Taylor or Daniel Jones. So you can see where that goes. All the hot takes, throw them in the dumpster uh, and let it roll. The hottest and, takes the next one, baby. Yeah, absolutely. So we're having fun here. We'll be back for episode 79. Like we said, we're taking this thing all the way up to 100 and beyond. You want to be on the podcast, just give us a shout. We love having everybody on. Uh, Robbie's always welcome as uh, everybody here. Yeah, I, I, we'd have 10 people in here and we'd have a good time. So, Joel, on until episode 79, until the f- wild card weekend. We're all here because we're not all there, baby. Let's go, Giants. Put in the books.